Hello, my name is Sonia Montiel. I am the founder of College Confidence. I am an educator, a mother of a fifth grader and first year college student, wife uh, to my high school sweetheart, and a soccer player through and through. <laughs> and I'm Hilary Bilbrey, inspired living strategist, author, speaker, mama to three teenagers, wife, and adventure seeker. You know, some things are just meant to be. Although we met randomly in a class, Sonia and I really became clear that our work, our values, and our heart align. Soon we began talking about our families and our worries and our businesses, our lives, and we realized we were helping each other move forward into our own confidence and integrity. We understand that many people have this fear of showing such vulnerabilities that you and I were able to get to so quickly, and it's because of that alignment. But that vulnerability and those conversations are really a way to get to the heart of the matter. And so Decided Heart was born, and this is why we would love to invite you to join our conversations. Welcome to another episode of Decided Hearts. We are so glad that you could join us today. And Sonia and I are ecstatic. I might be even more ecstatic today because <laughs> we are being joined by the amazing Sharon Silver, who I have known now. Sharon, I don't know how long we've known each other. Years. Years. Know. Over 10, yeah. over 10, more over than 10. that. And we used to both do a radio podcast on the same oh, channel yeah. together. And that's how we first got to know each other. But as we were talking in these authentic conversations, much like getting to know Sonia, you start to have this conversation, you connect heart to heart, and pretty soon you realize yeah. that you have a supportive, amazing network around you. You have a deep, insightful person. So she's become much more than just a colleague. She's become a mentor, a friend and just a sister in, in support. And so with that, we, <laughs> given COVID, given everything that's going on, she specializes in all things parenting, specifically early, chi early childhood development, but, but all the way through supporting, and thought, let's find out a little bit more about her story, bring her to you as a resource, and maybe see what bubbles up as far as how we can talk to parents right now and, and bridge that stress sometimes that we're having of yeah. uh, all, all COVID all the time. So with that, <laughs> uh, Sharon, can you give us a little bit of a background? I know who you are, but for our watchers and listeners, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what your business is all about and maybe what brought you into that in the first place? Yeah, well, thank you for having me, ladies. And is uh, I adore Hillary. I've known her for a long time. She's a wonderful, wonderful, inspiring coach. And I usually call her whenever I need motivation. So she's my mentor as well. I appreciate it. And I'm really thrilled to meet Sonia. And uh, we have had a few technical glitches today, thanks to COVID. So we're sort of living the dream, as they say, every single day. Um, we still have the COVID haircuts, you know, a little long here, a little short there. But, <laughs> you know, the reason I bring that up is because my goal with parenting and with dealing with anything is to really talk about what's real. Talk about what are you living through now? What's present now? And what are you bringing with you from the past that is influencing how you're feeling in the moment? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really different than what most parenting people talk about. 
my goal always has been was to be as authentic as I could be, as truthful as I could be, and really empower parents to understand you have everything you need inside of you to do this job. My goal is to support you and bring that out, guide you, help open up a wider perspective. And that's the goal with parenting. And I think that everybody is sort of looking for that right now with COVID, because I think that most of us, um, my kids are grown and gone, but my husband and I have been married for 41 years and it has not prevented us from, you know, taking the sandpapers of some of those rough edges and finding out what's left that we need to work on so that we can be as authentic and connected as we possibly can be. Wow. I just, I feel so connected to that because what resonated was when I was 25 with my pregnant, with my firstborn, I was so obsessed with the books, right? Yeah. How to be a good parent. Um, yeah. And I was terrified and I did have a, a really close friend who was wise had two children of her own and she said throw that crap away because mm -hmm. that baby she will teach you everything you need to know about parenting yeah. and I don't know yeah. what how she why or how she said it but that one sentence I looked in her eyes I believed her and I threw all the crap and I said I just kind of talked to my baby and said well you're gonna teach me so <laughs> I, it's such a powerful message yeah. Be reminded of that as well, even at that, yeah. I, you know, the 19 year old. So powerful to hear that. So appreciate that. Oh, no problem. I mean, it's funny because as a parent educator and I went back to school to do all of this and I'll tell my story in a minute about what really promoted that, provoked it, um, was that even though I had a great deal of information and I was trying to follow the books. I had a three-year-old and a newborn, and the three-year-old was having a temper tantrum. And the book said, you know, hold the door, don't let him in, and don't, you know, don't hold that, you know, hold that boundary. And after about 25 minutes, my husband walked out the door, grabbed the book that I had been studying, was about to take a test. He said, garbage, threw it in the garbage, and picked up the boy and said, hug your mother. Mm. And that was the end of that. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is such a powerful image. I love that because I do. It, I feel like we have um, we are in this generation. Yeah, that especially so now I'm in my 40s and I'm getting to the point where I'm yeah, whatever, like we'll figure this out. And <laughs> Sonia, I'm always so inspired by how you've always known your knowing has been a part of you forever. We've talked about this so much. So for you to do that at 25 is, I can't even, <laughs> I mean, it just amazes me how powerful that is because I feel like my 20s and 30s were spent very much still in the books and then they're contradictory. And so there's all these voices in your head and you lose track of your own, your own yeah. knowing. Yes, you lose track of your own intuitive knowingness. And that is what parenting is about. The thing that I think most parents don't get is there is an innate synergy of growth that occurs between parent and child. If you get out of the way of that, your own being will speak to what is needed. But you have to live in the moment because the moment that you're out of the moment, you bring in your childhood wounds. I had a bad day. I'm really frustrated. But living in the moment allows you to say, wait a minute here. What are my guts telling me? And what is my child telling me? Mm 
And that's where I come in and help parents is I want to show them your child's body language, his face, his micro expressions, his behavior, tone of voice are all telling you what you need to know. If you can find that place inside of you, you'll connect with it and have the answer. I'm like, I know we're all desperate. Like, teach us how. How do we do this? <laughs> really? really? And, 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 and going, it's so funny. It's two, two thoughts as you're talking. One is I was just working with someone the other day, and, and he has a tendency to um, seek first to be understood and then understand versus, yeah. and he's, he's a youth, instead of the axiom of seek to first to understand and then be understood. So as I was doing the research to talk to him about that, I saw our understanding of communication. It was a reminder, I'd forgotten this, and this is interesting in COVID time with masks, only 7% of understanding is words. Yes. And 50 is, 52% is, is our, or 53%, sorry, is body language, and 40% is tone. Yeah. And so what you're talking about is, that's 93% of our communication is what you're oh, talking yeah. about. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that actually brings up my story, which I'm going to punt here and say that I come from a, a, yeah, I'm older than most of you, as you can tell from the gray hair that I've let go. Um, <laughs> when I was being raised, the way that parents parented was with yelling and spanking and slapping. And it wasn't because they were trying to create child abuse because there wasn't ever called child abuse back then. It was called controlling your children. And you were actually shamed by your family members if you didn't behave this way with your children. So that's the way that I came up. And there, I tell a story where, you know, just before quarantine, my son came home and he brought his new girlfriend with him. And we were just so thrilled that it was like, okay, how are we doing here? You know, she's here with us for a week. Are we okay? How's our relationship? And he looked at me and he said, mom, why would anything be wrong? We have a great relationship. And I thought, oh my God, here I am having this incredible leave it to beaver moment with my son. And he has no idea what it took to not react. He has no idea how I had to consciously choose to respond instead of react. He also has no idea how my automatic stance, my physical stance when I'm triggered was exactly the stance that my mother took on that life-changing evening. And the life-changing evening happened when that boy who brought his girlfriend home was four years old and he was in his first school play. And so imagine, go back in time with me to when we have our sweet babies and you're thrilled. I mean, everybody is at the school play, including your parents. I see my family of origin. I see my family of choice. I see all the teachers. And all of a sudden, as the kids are walking off stage, my mother stands up. Now, let me just say before I go any further that my mom and I've never had it easy. And so I think a lot of mothers can really relate to this. However, we have healed our relationship and she has given, given me permission to tell this story. So mom stands up and she, and we all lean over and say, mom, you have to sit down because we're all asked to stay here until the performance is over. And she stands up and says, I came to see my grandson. I didn't come to see anybody else's kid. I'm leaving. So I turn around to my entire community and I am embarrassed and I walk outside. Apparently I say something to her 
that really ignites her. She says something to me. I feel my heart racing. I feel my mind chatter exploding with accusations. And I decide the best thing to do is just let her leave. As I turn around, she becomes enraged and says, don't you walk away from me. And she slaps me across the face. I am stunned. The room behind me falls silent. And then the hushed whispers begin. And I realize everybody has seen me and all I want to do is run. But then I hear my son, my four-year-old, say, Mommy, doesn't Nana love you? Why would she hit you? And that question changed my life. I realized that my kid was biofeedbacking on my childhood wound. The childhood wound that every kid, boy or girl has when their parent screams at them, does my parent love me? And from that moment, I became completely devoted to bringing new tools to parents because they had to stop there. And that is why I do what I do. Wow. I know. I feel like I don't even, I don't even know how to respond because <laughs> I'm still, I'm fighting back my emotions the first time yeah. that I've actually heard that story. You hadn't shared that with me before, Sharon. Yeah. You know, I think too, what's coming up is we so much want to put those memories behind us as adult women or adult parents, just adults. And for you to bring that up, I think it's kind of reminding me personally of, uh, we talked about this, like, what is the obedient daughter or child? And what does that mean? Even as an adult um, being valued to be in control, like my papa, my father, like, he loves me so much. I'm such a good daughter. So I, I just got yeah. those memories are coming up that I don't want to remember. <laughs> yeah. No, but see that story is difficult for me to tell, but I know that it resonates with every human being out there because they've got their own story like that. And what I want to say is it is possible to bring that up, to separate yourself from it, to look at it and say, I have to make a conscious choice right here and right now that I won't pass that on to my kids. And that's what I did. There are ways, and, and here's where I'm conflicted and I think most parents are. I don't want anyone to tell me how to parent. I don't wanna to have to sit and take weekly classes. But what I wanna do is I want to empower parents to understand there's some words that you can use to fake it till you make it. And here comes the garbage truck because we're all at home, so please forgive me. Thank you guys. Um, <laughs> we can't hear it, so. Oh, good, that's good, that's good, because it's very loud. Um, but the idea is that I want parents to understand there is a way to navigate through this where you'll find your own mindful authority voice. Hmm. You will be mindful, you will be respective, you will be empowering, you will be supportive, and you will still be the authority in your child's life that is what they need to thrive. Wow. And that is what everyone's searching for in these COVID moments. And I believe that's what's being unearthed as our experience as we're going through this. I, I think that that is so powerful. And, and you, so from that moment, I mean, up until then, were you, you were just taking classes, right? You hadn't, you hadn't started necessarily doing your business. So how did your no, come from that? Um, it was very difficult in the very beginning because there were no parenting classes and there was nothing in college that was parenting. It was therapy, which I started on the therapeutic track. 
um, early childhood development. And so I have had to teach myself. I had an amazing professor who came to me and said, I'm taking you to lunch. And I'm like, oh God. And she was a student of Magda Gerber, who anyone who's in the parenting field, we bow to Magda Gerber. She had an amazing understanding of children. And she said, what you're searching for and what you can bring to parents doesn't exist. She said, go find it. She said, we need you. She said, you have a, she said, I want you to hear what your gift is. And this was what started my business. She said, your gift is you understand this. You just understand it. She said, go help people. And so it's been very difficult, but it's also been very, very rewarding because I've been able to blend together my own spiritual background and my own child development background, my own therapeutic background and put it together and say, let's drop all those big words and let's talk reality. Mm-hmm. How much do you want to hide in the closet right now and get away from your kids during COVID? Raise your hand. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> but we don't show the kids that. Right. How do we find that moment of peace with all the chaos around us? And I brought a tip today. Because oh, I want everyone. Oh yes, because I want everyone to really understand there is a way to do this with the little ones and with the big ones and with your husbands and wives. Um, so whenever you are fried, frazzled, but you have to get on the phone or you're cooking dinner and what's the one thing you do when you hear mommy, you go, I'm on the phone. Shh, go away, go away. I'm on the phone. Shh, shh. And you try and tell the child I'm on the phone. Please be respectful. Don't interrupt me. What if you turned it on its head? and you remained in the moment. And instead you recognize that what they're searching for is not a request, it's a need, it's a deep need for attention. I need you to give me a hug, I need to connect with you. Because most misbehavior is I need to connect with you. Because the question is, let's face it, kind of dumb. So what you wanna do is you smile and you say, come here, say shh, come here. So I'm waving with my hand, say come here. And you turn your body, and you ask the child to come into you and you just start rubbing their back. You continue doing what you're doing and you don't engage with your voice. You engage with your body and you just rub their back. It has the amazing ability to go deep in their core, fill their need, and you'll find that they'll stop talking, they'll curl into you, and when they're finished and they feel filled up, they'll walk away. You've done this in silence, you've kept your peace, you're living in the moment and you filled your child's need. I love that. Sonia, yeah. what do you think? I, I, again, everything that you're saying, it's like I'm resonating with it. So when I had my own business with my firstborn, being so young, so I, I was doing that to my two-year-old, yeah. right? And of course <laughs> she's not getting it. And so it's escalating. Um, with my second, who's now 11, I definitely have intuitively decided, like, said like more of a come on in yeah Yeah. amazing thing about this this dynamics is especially during covid is she she comes on in when she needs it but then she's also knowing like i'm going to get my mommy time after that phone call i know i trust her i trust that she's going to give me that time and it's been a, a really amazing dynamic 
how I was able to bring her in so she can feel that trust that the attention yeah. is there. Yeah, it's the, it's the pulling away. It's the fighting for our own needs as a parent and child that is causing the conflict versus, okay, one of my needs is to get you calmed down so I can have what I need. So it's a seesaw, it's a dance. And if we look at it more as a dance instead of a war, then we're going to be much better off. So beautiful. I think on that note, um, I feel like we could have about 5 million more conversations and I actually want to talk for another whole three hours, but I think let's just, let's just make sure we bring her back. What do you think, Sonia? I think we should bring her back. back. I have more questions. I know, right? Can I just stay here for just one second? Just because. Yes. yes. Um, so I, my, I'm a college counselor and so I work with teens. Um, my main vision is to bring in the parents to have that, build that emotional connection through yeah. schooling support, through planning after high school, rather than it being such a conflict. Yeah. And one of the things, cause I, I still envision you, Sharon, with your 14 year old, I think he's 14, right? Coming in with a girlfriend and how you're, you're, you're consciously thinking about your stance, right? Yeah. And one of the things I say to parents is just be absolutely present and still. When, you're, when your teen comes home from school, it is that stillness and just being in their space without an agenda. Right. But, so, and, but I, don't, I didn't know how to convert that to like a strategy or, you know. Like, okay. I've got a great one. And, and it, is, it is the power of silence. It creates a pregnant pause, doesn't it? And you wonder who's going to speak next. If you do it with a semi-smile on your face and your body language is emoting love and empowerment, you go, how was your day, bud? And he goes, oh my God, she's not talking. It's really my turn. Okay. <laughs> it, it wasn't really that good, mom. Okay, babe, let's have it. So silence is the best way to connect with a teenager. The other way, especially with boys, well, the difference between boys and girls, Michael Gurian does some amazing work about the brain difference between um, boys and girls. And we fight that. We say, oh, no, it's gender neutral, but we're wired differently. So for a girl, we work through things as females by connecting, by talking. We float ideas between each other, and that's how we process things. So if you ask a girl, you say, sit down, she'll look at you eye to eye and go, yeah, it was terrible, mom. You can't believe what they said. A boy, he goes, what, what? He doesn't want to look you in the eye. So come up beside him, put your hand on his shoulder, give him the space. Mm -hmm. And when he speaks, his brain needs it to go into rest after he hits his emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if he speaks, he emotes, and then he goes into downtime. Thank you. Wow. No, I love that so much. I have to uh, really quickly go back to the silence because of a funny, <laughs> so that's, that's the second step um, when I'm teaching companioning as part of the virtues. And so the mm -hmm. companioning, there's seven steps. And the first step is opening the door, which is what you're saying, which is, you know, how mm -hmm. was your day? And the second step is silence, right? <laughs> and when I talk to this group of parents about that, they all go, what and the dads are all like yeah and the moms are like oh so by the time i'm done doing it then i'll say what do you most what is your biggest takeaway from today and they all are like 
I need to shut up. I need to shut up. <laughs> yeah. because, because we process out loud, I think we yeah. get nervous. Women get nervous when there's silence. Yes. So we want to jump in and we want to, but then we leave. First of all, we do the work for them. We're rescuing. Yes. yes. And then we end up, what we end up doing is sometimes taking them down a road that they didn't intend to go down. Ugh. Yeah, it's about remaining in neutral and really following the flow of it and realizing we could see it through our wide perspective of being a grown up and being a female. Um, we have that in our backpack. We've been through that. But if we don't allow them to stumble on the blocks and the stones on their path, we're not doing them a service. We're not helping them. Let them stumble and then ask questions. Because the minute you ask a child a question, it takes them from the emotional side of their brain to the logical, and they have to think about it. But if you hang in there and you argue with them, then you guys are battling on the emotional front, back and forth and back and forth. So ask a question and say, how'd that work for you? Usually my kids were so used to it, they said, don't be sarcastic with me. You know it didn't work. And I'm like, yeah, but I thought I'd ask. <laughs> That, you know what, that, that was some of the best advice you ever, parenting advice you ever gave to me. I still remember it. My, my middle son was seven and he's now 17. So I guess for sure. Yeah. And, and I remember asking you and you actually, when I was describing the situation to you, you said to me, is he seven? And I said, how did you know? Like you just knew developmentally that's where he was. And she said, stop, you said, stop pulling on the rope. Just let go of the yeah. rope. Let go of and the rope that image will still come back to me. We'll be engaged and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm just going to let go of the rope. And it yeah. always comes back around in the most positive. It does. And so, you know, and another time we can talk about that tip because that's a real powerful one to get out of power struggles. Mm -hmm. But today, you know, in COVID, it's like if we, there's two things I want to leave everybody with. Laugh. Please laugh as much as you can. It will, it is the antidote to fear. There's nothing we can do except be aware and stay centered. So laugh and then connect because your kids are looking at this. And unfortunately, the message that life is sending them is this is normal. This is how it goes for the real little ones. Mm -hmm. For the older ones are like, no, this is not how it goes. Maybe it's how it's going to go in the future, but we don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So laugh and connect. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do. Um, thank you so much. Like, uh, is there anything, could you give us, um, it, it, people want to get a hold of you now and they want, we'll, we'll put it also in your bio, but how can people connect with you? Anywhere. Uh, it's proactiveparenting.net is the best way to get a hold of me. And like I said, you know, the products that I have in the book that I wrote is all about helping you uncover the wider perspective, not me telling you what to do. I give you sample conversations. I have a great package called 10 No Yelling Methods that teach and correct while you remain calm. They're the best of the best that I've got. Some of them include one of the tips I gave you today. It's all explained, but my goal is to empower you, not tell you what to do. Wow. So Sharon, is there maybe possibly a new product you can create where you just clone yourself, put it really little like a fairy, <laughs> so I could just have it in my pocket, and then I could just, <laughs> I could just have you here with me the whole time? 
if we have an app, I have a son who could create it. Let's figure this out. <laughs> Artificial intelligence, I know it's possible. I know. He's been asking me for years, Mom, you need an app. I'm like, I can't be an app. He said, you can be an app. I said, no, I can't be. <laughs> no, it's, I think what's so, what's so powerful to hear from you with such rich experience and resources is just that authenticity of it's on our terms. It's not changing who we are. It's not changing our oh. past or ignoring our past. It's in recognizing it and being authentic and having strategies that is uh, like that we embrace that yes. we're ready for. I just, I really think that's so powerful to hear. So thank you. Thank you, you for articulating that so well. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank and you, you for know, having me ladies. Oh no, thank you so much. We always have a challenge and I had a challenge in mind today, but actually after listening, I think rather than give you a challenge today, I think what I would love to do is head over to Instagram. And if you have other questions for Sharon, I think that would you be willing to take a peek and maybe give an answer, Miss Sharon? If I can, absolutely. They're usually not short answers, but I will do the best I can. And if you don't want to do a question and you just want to tell me, share one of the times when you were in the moment with your child and it went really well and what you learned from that. Because when you share that, you're helping other women and other mothers and other dads realize the power of living in the moment because that's where you're able to transform behavior into learning moments. And that's what proactive parenting is all about. Wow. I think that's it. That's it right there. Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. And we look forward to more conversations with you <laughs> another time. And Sonia, anything, any last words on our way out? I'm just so uplifted. I just appreciate your wisdom. I know that there's just authentic love and the authentic way of having us connect with each other. I'm just so appreciative. Not, nice you. to meet you, Sharon. Nice to meet you. <laughs> we look I'm sure we'll meet again. Absolutely. Look forward to seeing you again. And we look forward to talking to our listeners or, or seeing our listeners again next week. So thank you so much. Thank you. Sonia usually has the follow-up um, question to whatever the introduction. But just be prepared. I might be dumbfounded today, too, because I might just be the learner in the room today. <laughs> I'm ready. We've been ready. As ready as I'm going to be. Put that, the shit comment in a bloopers. I'll think about it. Oh, my gosh. You always blooper. Well, you know, it's not fair that you're the one who's doing the bloopers, because... <laughs> That's my entire role in this thing. I know. <laughs> what? Shit happens. Like, that's yeah. just... A <laughs>